Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, things get super spooky as we asked a nun to hack into the local sanatorium to release a sociopathic murderer in our inexplicably themed horror week. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last week, we developed the sequel, the long-awaited yes. third sequel to the Under Siege film series uh under siege depth Depth charge Charge. how did we go uh good the film came out and went uh or lots of money rolling in great 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 Great. not really the thing that interested me a lot this week really uh we discussed last week the idea of film rights yes and um i wasn't really sure what they were so i did a bit of digging around Mm mm-hmm Turns out there are just sheets of paper with like a, almost like a bearer yep. bond. Yep. If you own the piece of paper, you own the right. Yep. I thought that was kind of interesting. So we, we acquired the um, uh, rights to the Under Siege franchise pretty pretty dirt cheap. No one was doing anything. Yep. They had a few other ones just sort of lying around. Yep. Lots of 80 fil- 80s films, your yeah, hard yeah. targets, yep. um, a whole, whole bunch of us. I thought, you know, I might as well buy them cheap. Some studios got wind of the fact that I was buying up rights, yeah. and they started putting in counter bids oh, to buy the rights back. And I'm like, you know what? They're, they're offering for more than what I paid for it. I'll sell yep. it back to them at a little bit of a profit. Yep. I've inadvertently <laughs> created a stock exchange really? for film rights. Nice. And the one stipulation that I had about this is that it couldn't be all like online day trading, yeah. um, you know, high speed fiber. Electronic. It, it had to be classic 80s Wall Street. Yep. Um, guys in um, business suits with uh, tie pins, waving pieces of paper around as yep. bells dinged and tinged. Yeah, oh, perfect. I mean, and, and so, you know, you, you'd be surprised. You can go on and find any film. Um, from the last 100 years of cinema, yep. the rights are being traded back and forth across this uh, this Nasdaq-style <laughs> Dow Jones <laughs> stock exchange market that we've uh, we've yeah. created here. But it's all it's a physical product. It has to be. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of like you know numbers ticking yeah, on a yeah. screen up and down. No. Yep. It has to be. It has to be. And it's, and it's, as soon as it crashes, I want that classic, you know, 1930s style Wall Street crash where the businessman who banked all his entire life savings just sees everything go out the window, <laughs> including himself. Including himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hang on. So, I mean, doesn't this mean that if they're physical rights, and I mean, I don't think it's all about like if you physically own it. I think it's just if you're in possession. Of exactly. It. That, that's like the the they, they call it a bearer bond. Yeah. Because the bearer of that piece of yeah. paper owns the value so of the bond itself. It's the okay. same with with film rights. Yeah. The bearer of that piece of paper. Yes. Owns the rights yeah. to those films. So we're gonna have to get a vault. We're gonna have to get a vault to lock in the rights that we do have now. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, currently they're sitting in a Manila folder just on my desk. <laughs> any, any old Steven Spielberg. Could walk in here and just take them right away. So, would he want them? I don't know. We've got, we got a few lucrative ones at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine by me. Uh, it's good to know that we've tapped into a yet another source of revenue here on Movie exactly. Film Studios. Uh, if there's one thing that we're consistently lacking, it's revenue. Uh, <laughs> so keep it going. All right. On to this week in trailers. Uh, yeah. As mentioned in my spooky intro, it is a weird horror-themed week yeah, this week. Normally we um, don't get to do a theme just because we're limited by the choice yeah. of trailers that we've got. Definitely three very uh, horror-themed... It's yeah. almost like our, our, our very own treehouse of horror. <laughs> Indeed. Where there's three separate spooky stories <laughs> all rolled into one this week. Indeed. Now, the last horror film that I saw was uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which we... Uh, back in season one of movie yeah, films, yeah, well, we actually watched the films. We actually watched the films, <laughs> um, and that was entertaining. But I'm definitely not a horror fan, and and I have to say that 
you know, there are a fair few scares in these trailers, yeah. uh, but I am a wimp. Uh, anyway, on to the first trailer, which is The Nun, directed by Corin Hardy, uh, and is a, another film in the... Uh, Conjuring. The, series? the Conjuring series, which I believe is now a very long-running horror franchise. Yeah, so there's there's Conjuring 1, 2, and 3. Yep. Uh, there's Annabelle 1 and 2. Yep. There's going to be an Annabelle 3. Yep. Uh, there's The Nun, which is now sort of before there was Annabelle. Yeah, it's sort of like a... Sp- been off i guess or a, a like a yeah a prequel to all the other ones as well yeah so um the person who's involved with uh writing and directing a, a lot of these is james wan yes. an, an australian uh director who did saw so like whilst not specifically part of the the conjuring verse yeah he did all the saw films so yep. saw one through six jigsaw yep. rise of the jigsaw yeah. revenge of the jigsaw <laughs> I say that I, we're going to talk about uh, Halloween in a moment, exactly. and those are exactly what the Halloween films are called. Well, uh, James Wan, like James Wan, sorry, like is he okay? I mean, I don't know. He he's done his career is basically nothing but horror, psychological thrillers. Insidious uh, is the other series yeah, that he's involved, he's involved in. Insidious in one, two, and well. three. They're, they're very, very much <laughs> one of those ones that could only come from a disturbed mind. Yeah. And the fact that there are so many of yeah. them. But you say disturbed mind. The only two other films in his like repertoire are the seventh Fast and Furious I think, film. I, I mean, I think that's, upcoming- a, <laughs> that's really a case in point. No <laughs> other mind could come up with something as warped and torturous <laughs> as the Furious 7 or whatever they managed to call that film. <laughs> And Aquaman. Aquaman. It is kind of a bit strange that they've uh, put this DC uh, franchise in the yeah, hands of someone well. who's... I mean, it, Fal- Furious 7 is his only action, high-budget film yeah. that he's done. Yep. I just... I, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, it, unless Aquaman's going to go down the psychological horror road. And who be knows? That may reinvigorate the DC universe. God knows anything could at this Some point. Some sort of tie-in with The Meg, <laughs> the, the underwater shark film yeah, yeah, from exactly, a couple of weeks exactly. ago. I do wonder how Warner Brothers chooses its directors. Like, well, Zack Snyder for most of the DC universe so far, yeah. and, and James Wan for... Um, Aquaman, like, what are they? Wh- how are they doing this? What, what's their like? To be fair, I mean, if you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, James Gunn, who was doing True, like yep. web shorts and yeah, yeah. and music videos, they went and gave Guardians sure. of the Galaxy yep. too. So um, um, maybe they're going for that same approach. <laughs> exactly. We we'll just pick someone out. There is a really um, uh, interesting title card right at the start of this uh, trailer yes, for the Nun yes. that says, "Make sure you watch to the end." That's like, I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing in the trailer that sort of was like. Uh, meant to haunt you or anything like that. It, it sort of played out like a normal trailer. There was a jump scare there at was the a, end. Like, but I think the really good thing about it, and not to ruin it for all those people out there who are super keen to watch the trailer for The Nun, yep. but they do that sort of like pan across as she hears a noise yep. and then they cut back to her and there's someone standing behind her like, oh, spooky. Yep. And she turns around and says, can I help you? And then a second jump scare <laughs> person comes in from the side yeah, yeah. and I did I did get, uh, I get we, I got we both, scared by the jump. Jumping we, both, we both definitely jumped. Um, but it's a new technique actually for advertising just say please watch to yeah, the end exactly or like it's not even a please it's just like make sure you watch to the end as if you're like you might miss out if you don't watch to the end they must know the attention span of these youtube know, trailer yeah. watching <laughs> clickbaity it's like oh we'll watch the first 30 seconds i kind of yeah. get it i'm yeah. probably not going to watch yeah, it exactly yeah because like the first 30 seconds all dialogue there's exactly. no scares in that at all <laughs> so why don't just put the scares at the start uh, anyway who knows uh all right see that I don't know, later this year. I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see any of the films we're going to talk about today uh, because I'm not a horror person, but that doesn't mean I can't make horror films. Um, Anyway, 
On to the second trailer for this week's episode, and it is a sequel in the form of Unfriended Dark Web, directed by Stephen Susco or Susco, one of the two, uh, and is, uh, as I mentioned, a sequel to Unfriended, a, I think, 2014 uh, supernatural horror film, which uses the sort of context of, uh, like, Skype calls shown yeah. on screen, um, which is becoming a thing actually yeah we, we mentioned a, a few weeks ago watched a trailer with john, john cho, cho called yeah. searching yes where his daughter goes missing and so he scours her social media um yeah. the, uh, presence and that the whole film is told from that perspective of yeah you're looking at a screen watching skype calls going through social media yeah. clicking on files uh the original um unfriended does the same sort of thing it's a kind of like a they name and shame, they slut shame someone on Facebook, yep. uh, cyber bully her to the point where she kills herself. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of supernatural in a way where she comes back to haunt them and she's like, who posted the video yeah. of me? You were all involved. And then there's these weird bits where guys are putting like their hands in blenders yeah, for no yeah, reason. Yeah. I, it's weird because like it says supernatural yeah. and you're like, is this the ghost of the person who you wronged? I d- don't really know what's it's, going it's on. It's unclear, but I mean, the Wikipedia synopsis said it was supernatural. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. It's uh, a bit weird because the sequel, Unfriended Dark Web, doesn't appear to be supernatural no, at all. No, it doesn't. It uses the exact same techniques that yep. the original film did in terms of it being a Skype call with a group of people, uh, but instead uses the idea of the dark web, the kind of like seedy underbelly of the yeah. internet and hacking and all sorts of stuff to cause mayhem and mischief. The- uh, totally wrong words for that. but <laughs> there, there seems to be a, a group of people who have a society where they traffic humans they uh, lock them yeah. in. In, in again if we go back to the james wan thing very saw like sort of yeah, yeah. trap con- uh, uh, contraptions yeah it's the kind of the people that trade like the kind of real torture porn videos and, exactly and, uh, stuff like that and around. and then it, it turns out that they've accidentally hacked into or found this person's laptop, found their laptop or something, and yeah. um and uh going through these videos and then suddenly these people start coming into their skype conversation saying you've got our laptop don't tell the police and then the people start tracking down where they are yeah. and they become part of the uh, the yeah. human trafficking torture porn they kind of start uh, yeah messing yeah. with them they uh, there's a scene like the one of the characters sort of dies very well seems to die very early on by being pushed off a roof yeah. and they all see it happen live and they're coming for, I mean yeah. it, it is kind of creepy in, no in, hand- a, in a way where you're just like I don't want anyone listening <laughs> into any of the things that I'm doing on the internet yeah. that's scary enough for me yeah. coming and murdering me yes <laughs> just don't look at what I'm doing on the internet please Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no uh, hand in the blender moment in this one because no. I don't. It's, I mean, it doesn't seem to be going for supernatural, but it is still pretty creepy. There's a there's a kind of bit where one of the characters sees like a live video of her mum in a hospital, yeah, and then because everything's connected to the internet, these hackers apparently are able to like terminate her or pull the plug on her. Yeah. it's all very sad and scary. I I mean. It's an interesting way of telling a story. Mm. It's as uh, imposes severe limitations, and I think they're exploring it. Like I think there's definitely, if you watch the trailers, a step up between the quality of Unfriended yeah. and Unfriended the Dark Web, and even probably even a uh, step up from from searching as well. Yep. I feel as though it's severely limited, though. Like what? I mean, what can you continue to do yeah. with this? And I mean. I think the the original Unfriended had this tagline, a whole new genre in horror storytelling. And you're like, yeah, but how far can you stretch that (laughs) medium before it really snaps back on Uh, you? I don't know. I think part of it is just because, you know, your view is constricted to such a small little Skype window, um, you feel closer to these people. And thus, if you see stuff happening in the background, 
you kind of feel more there. Yeah. So I guess it, it plays more upon your own side. I mean, I get, I think it's effective, but yeah, I just, I, d- I don't know how many films can do it. How? I, don't I know. mean, if you look at all of the films we've selected this week, and as I mentioned before, we'll get to our next one, which is Halloween. Yep. There's probably about, there's what, five sequels to The Conjuring. Yep. There's about seven Saw films. There's yep. three Insidious films, three yep. Annabelle films, about seven Halloween films. Now, now t- <laughs> two Unfriended films. Yep. Does Unfriended have the same sort of legs that Halloween has? I don't know. I I don't even remember the first one coming out, so maybe I'd it like did to, well. I'd like to see an entire film, which is just Twitter, just Twitter <laughs> replies. It's just just all done in text. Just like each reply just has to be whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. 127 yeah, characters go, or whatever it go is. Go back to like the old school gaming days where everything was text based. Yeah. Uh, who needs fancy graphics when you've got a chilling description of 90 the room minutes that you're in. of reading? I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. That's right. Because yeah. if I did, then I wouldn't be able to read what yep, happened. And I exactly. couldn't follow the plot. No noise either. No like you know in these trailers they sort of put the sound of someone typing and then the yeah. little bings and boops of like this yeah the sky none yeah. of that either just just text on screen <laughs> watching a live twitter feed <laughs> That'd be interesting, though, if you could actually get some audience participation with <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with, uh, with every screening. People yeah, can also right. tweet in. You can in. tweet in and, and uh, I don't know, play... The, uh, actually, sounds more like an art interactive This actually sounds like a good idea. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. The third and final film for this spooky episode. No surprises. Episode. I've mentioned it twice You've already. you mentioned it twice, so let's go for a third time. It is Halloween. Just called Halloween, and it is, <laughs> it is well... A sequel in the long-running Halloween franchise, of which... Now, you mentioned seven films, but I actually think it's been... Much more than that. Let's, let's run uh, through them. I, let's, I, let's see if I can remember. So there's Halloween, yep. Halloween two. Yep. For some reason, Halloween three doesn't get a mention. I imagine it exists. It's, it exists. Yep. There's uh, Halloween Revenge Four. of Mike Myers, no, the Rise of Mike Myers, yep. the the Mike Myers Big Day Out. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, go, go through them. All right, here we go. So it starts with 1978's Halloween. I'm on the phone to the Academy. By All right, the way. of course. Uh, so they're just reading on a through. Skype call. On a Skype what, call. What's yeah. that behind you, Academy? <laughs> Watch out! It's a gold man. Um, so we've got 1978's it's Halloween, 1981's Halloween 2. Uh, then we've got no years for the rest of them for some reason. <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Halloween, Resurrection. Halloween, uh, just Halloween. That's this one. In, no, it's not. What? It's just called Halloween in 2007. Uh, and then there was a Halloween 2 in 2009. And now we've got 2018's Halloween. Hang on. Uh, None of that uh, makes sense. No. So they, they rebooted the entire system in, in 2007. I think they remade the original Halloween in 2007 and then made a sequel to the remake in 2009. So where the question then becomes, <laughs> so, where does this one so sit? So this one uh, is a sequel to the original, original, the 1978 film. Yeah. And it also ignores every other sequel it, so it doesn't none of them it, I thought I thought this was because this is 40 years on right yep so I thought Halloween yep. it's sequel Halloween 2 yep and Halloween H2O 20 yep. years later yep were part of this uh, and then this is Halloween <laughs> four t- H4O <laughs> <laughs> like no. it's not as, not no. as so like Halloween H2O was set 20 years after Halloween. Um, and it oh, was right. Like, that was the one that ignored that four ignored through seven. That like four through seven, but still kept in uh, Halloween one and Halloween two. Oh, right. Uh, we're going to have to use the year. So it's Halloween 78 and Halloween 81. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, and then there was a sequel to Halloween H2O, which was Halloween Resurrection. Resurrection. And that obviously kept in the same continuity. But now we've got one, and both of those films, I might add, the, the, the uh, common jigsaw piece here is Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis, who reprises her role from the original film. Exactly. Um, 
But the 2018 version, the one we're talking about today, the trailer of which is out now, is a sequel to Halloween 78, which ignores all the other films, yet still stars Jamie Lee Curtis playing the same character. How does that make any sense? It's it's very weird that the same actor is in a film that's (laughs) ignoring sequels that she was also in. This uh, is like this is like Marvel comic book style. Like, exactly. We'll just destroy the universe, but no, there's actually a parallel universe where all this stuff happened. Although that universe doesn't exist anymore because it's in the mind of someone. I don't know. This is it's weird. Um, I have to say though, this trailer creeped me out. It's creepy. Yeah. It's like you know the uh, they go to the insane asylum and yeah. Michael Myers is just sort of standing there and the guy hands him the mask and then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, I've been practicing for forty years yeah. just in case he comes back. Yeah. And then there's a, cra- a bus crash and then all the insane asylum people come out. Yeah. And then there's a scene where he like he's in a bathroom and Mm -hmm. there's a girl in the stall and he just kind of reaches over the top of the stall and drops a whole bunch of bloody teeth on the floor and then bursts in and like kills her (laughs) and i'm like this is just (laughs) gruesome murder like horror slash but like it done in like the creepiest way possible it's it's insane uh i haven't seen the original uh halloween the 1978 version but i believe that centers around i mean jamie lee curtis is sort of like the primary protagonist in that and it's all about her surviving this encounter yeah it's uh, one of the original slashes to be fair i always get confused between um friday the 13th and uh halloween yeah like those two jason with a hockey mask and mike with the mike myers i think he's wearing a skin it's a skin skin mask or something weird skin yeah um so yeah I, it's 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 creepy, and again, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing the kind of primary protagonist in this one as well, and it's all about her trying to kill Michael Myers based on what happened in 1978 and not what happened any yeah. other year aside from that. Um, that's an interesting like uh, an interesting way to do films. Just like oh, we'll just ignore everything. Exactly, we'll, just... we'll make the film that we want to make, yeah. and just it's like yeah, la, mean, la 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 la. I'm not listening. Exactly, I'm not listening. Yeah. That didn't happen. La, la. Yep. It's actually it's that's my approach to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I can just I can just pretend that it doesn't exist. James Cameron's approach to the Terminator franchise <laughs> that's as well. True. I believe they are they are going to make a another sequel to Terminator, but ignoring everything that came after Terminator Two. Hey, well, that's what I think they, they should as well. Terminator Three kind which, of just said. Terrible. Remember the things we said where we could change the future and we rescued everything yeah, yeah. in Terminator 2 well that's that's we're not we're ignoring that <laughs> we're, we're saying actually that's not that's not what happened at all but, <laughs> and then and Terminator 4 is just kind of like uh, we couldn't stop the war even though we did stop it at least twice before and every time we send it back it creates a oh, who cares yeah, Terminator, let's not talk about Terminator 5 but I think like didn't James Cameron just sort of put his revenge on it by releasing the special edition of Terminator 2 which adds in the extra scene at the end where like the kids all grown up and he's like talking to an older version version of sarah hamilton oh no uh, linda. linda hamilton yeah. rather uh sarah connor's is her name <laughs> and it's just like yeah everything was fine that day passed nothing happened um uh, great yeah <laughs> yeah just to screw over every other that's, sequel that's not even really taking into account the sarah connor chronicles the, oh yeah the tv, the, the TV series yeah, I that, about that, too. Uh, that changes everything <laughs> We've gone way off track. Right we now. have. Uh, anyway, those are the three trailers for our super spooky episode of Movie Film Studios. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room or the red room. Boo. I 
kind of thought I thought you were joking about the red room. No, it's, not, it's uh, you've actually changed the light bulbs. I've, I've changed the light bulbs. It yeah. is incredibly spooky it's, in here. It's terrible. I feel like I'm inside like the. And night. they're all all the light bulbs are on the ground, so there's like really weird up <laughs> yeah, shadow. It's giving cars, me. Uh, uh, it's giving me a massive headache. <laughs> it is a little bit. It's making me incredibly angry. <laughs> um, as always, let's analyze the th- yes. common threads that hold these films together. Uh, a summary <laughs> is a a prequel to an established horror horror film. Yes, a sequel to a horror film that ignores. Uh, the supernatural elements of the first film, and a sequel to a horror series that ignores seven. <laughs> um, it, it, wow. it is uh, very much a, a horror-themed episode, and they—I didn't notice this before—they are all all sequels. Mm-hmm. They all do uh, either a reimagining or like a selective reimagining. I suppose yeah, is probably yeah. the way. I, of- I think selective reimagining sounds about right. Uh, and I just counted the amount of films that the new Halloween one ignores, and it's nine. It ignores nine films. Nine sequels. So there's eleven films in the the that, uh, that franchise. Yes. Uh, two in the dark one, and I, I think we got to about. I think and there's like there's nine, about twenty. Nine, yeah. yeah. In the we got um, between Saw, Insidious, Conjuring, Annabelle. Yeah, uh, we're we're heading. This is this is some no beloved children's classic. Serious cash cow. Um, obviously, I'm not going to select just one of these films. Yes. I suppose we actually I need to because you need to <laughs> call our podcast <laughs> something this week. Yeah, we might as well just say we're going to do Halloween. Yeah, let's do because that, that, I think that's the best. Like it's the of, one of the <laughs> episode thirty-eight or thirty-nine yeah. or whatever it's we're the, up to. It's the one I was most amused by, <laughs> exactly purely because of the fact that it ignores so many other films. But but so does Unfriended just completely ignoring there were supernatural I, elements yep. in the first one. Yep. And um and the nun just uh, I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know just like being completely dark and weird and scary. <laughs> it didn't actually show it in the trailer, but some of the other like um screenshots that popped up when we were watching the trailer yep. showed the actual face of the nun. Yeah. Um, which again is just why do you need to be that freaky? It's not it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it kind of uh, it had a kind of weird, almost clownish appearance yeah. to it, but very gaunt and twisted and evil and creepy and so on. I'm not sleeping tonight, that's for sure. All right. Uh, so what we're so, doing yes, is we're, we're doing, we're, we're picking a horror film. Yes. We're doing either a soft reboot yep. or a prequel sequel yep. or something. Or a very, but, very hard reboot. Yes, but <laughs> the hard reboot. I like that. It's definitely not a soft reboot. No, it's... Because like, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a harsh <laughs> severing it's, of, of everything that has come before, except <laughs> probably the name. It's a reboot straight off the cliff. It's... We we maintain some elements, but we definitely like tr- oh, yeah, yeah. trim off we a lot trim of other off, ones, like a whole heap of stuff. Uh, I mean, do we take an existing? I mean, you know what? We, we have just, an existing franchise. Yeah, here. we do. Environmentally conscious was a <laughs> film we did a long time ago. Yes, about a psychopathic tree. Yes. Is that something that we can? Um, but we, I mean, that was kind of a that was linked to we, the Elm we, Street. And we did it. It was the Elm from Elm Street. Street. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, interesting. We it, can't really can't probably can't really do that. No, what I was thinking actually, what if we took. Uh, an old horror novel. So we've Ooh. we've done that before. Now, and we can make a hard reboot of that. So not one of the trailers that we didn't talk about this week was Little Women. We did, uh, yeah. which is well, a modern retelling of the 150 year old Louisa book. May Alcott. Yes, yeah. um, it looked rubbish, but anyway, that's it, for it, it did. But that, that you were right there. That yeah. um, that particular book has been made into like nine different films, yeah, yeah. three different stage yep. plays, two different musicals. Exactly. It's uh, it's it's rife for yep. uh, adaptation. Yep. And I feel like, oh, you know, there's another film series that we haven't discussed uh, that could work as well, and that's Psycho. So Psycho Ooh. has had. I think about six different sequels spread across uh, the years since the original's release, uh, all of which were pretty terrible compared to the first one. 
we could do something you like that. You know what? I've just looked through my filing cabinet, this manila yes. folder I've got here. I didn't didn't realise. I've, I've actually bought Alfred Hitchcock's oh, back catalogue. Great. Um, I didn't... I must have, must have been in some sort of group deal, some sort yeah, of bargain yep. bin frenzy sale yep. that I've got. I've picked up um, The Birds, North by Northwest, oh, brilliant. Vertigo, yep. Psycho's in yep. there as well, yep. um, Strangers on a Train, yep. and definitely other Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> films that I know off the top of my head. I love the idea that... Uh, <laughs> They all forgot to buy the rights to the films. They only bought the rights to his life himself to itself. So like that's why you've been seeing all these like biopics about exactly. the They totally forgot they, about they, the they, films. Yeah, they, they can't remake the films because I mean, I didn't realise it was a bundle deal as well. It's just like <laughs> there was a paperclip holding them all together. Um and um yeah, so I, it does explain why none of them yep. have been remade, yeah, is because yeah. I've got the rights. So um <laughs> why not? is is Psycho the right way to go? Um, I mean, Psycho really does fit the Halloween model of there being countless amounts of terrible sequels. So we could do that. We could. Or why not just do an, a sequel to an, uh, to the Birds or something? It, or this, I, I quite like the sequel to the Birds. Are we going to do potentially what they do in the Nun and try and link them all into like the one you cinematic universe? Let's, yeah, let's do that. And let's also do what the Nun did and go back in time. Right. Like, there's no explanation in, and I think part of the horror of the Birds is that there's no explanation whatsoever as to why the Birds act the way they they do. And yeah, some people may say it's part of that cinematic masterpiece for it not to do that. But I say we go down the Star Wars route yeah. and just explain everything. And just explain it. Just just make a whole bunch of prequel films yeah, that yeah, explained yeah. plot holes from the. <laughs> So, so and then make Rogue, a whole bunch more. Rogue One is supposed to explain the plot hole yep. of why the Death Star has a four. Yep. Solo explains the plot hole of why he says he can do like the Kessel Run yep, in less sure. than ten parsecs when a parsec uh, is a unit of distance. Uh, and the, not a- the prequel trilogy explains the plot hole of how Darth Vader can possibly be a father. Exactly. I reckon the uh, the next one. What, what's another plot hole that they haven't talked about? What, how, how Leia can remember her mother yep. when quite clearly, like in the prequels, Amidala dies. So yep. they're just going to make a prequel film just all how, about how they explain how that. Obi-Wan doesn't remember those two droids that he like spent so much time with on Tatooine. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a, a Death Star, but it shot an amnesia ray, and it made the whole universe forget. Exactly. It also made Han Solo forget that they were Jedi. I've flown from one end of the galaxy to the other. I've never seen anything. Really? Because like just ten years ago, these mystical, magical knights with yeah. laser swords were yeah. in charge of the entire exactly, galaxy. Yeah. You were alive then. <laughs> this is this isn't big news, Han. I must have been hit by that amnesia ray that made Leia forget her mother and Obi-Wan forget those droids. Oh, man. And that's what uh, that's what Obi-Wan uses on those stormtroopers on Tatooine, just a little bit yeah. of amnesia dust on the stormtroopers so they forget who they're looking for. Uh, anyway, we've gone off track again. Exactly. Um, but the birds. This is a prequel we need to, to the birds. Yeah, we need to blatantly explain why the birds are the way they are. Uh, and also throw in a whole bunch of other horror movie tropes in there as well. Exactly. So is this like a like a once in a hundred year phenomenon where the birds are attracted to like this one sort of spot, uh, and and we go back in time to like pilgrim times and the the b- events of events of the birds yep. happen again. But this time we like there's some sort of mystical rock or like jeweled egg or yep. something like that that attracts all the birds. A jeweled or, egg. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like, th- there's maybe there's like a an ancient Native American skull. artifact. <laughs> if we want to make it the worst film of all time, let's center it around a crystal skull. Um, something. Is, yes. it a, is it a Native American artifact? Because uh, it, it go back even further than that. Doesn't, I mean, I mean, I brought up burial grounds, I think, in last week's episode. But, like, 
what if it was just like an ancient burial ground, not of any like natives that we know of, but something otherworldly, like a, mm. uh, a, a like a, a demon or yeah, or a, a giant like like maybe you go like where you tie in some ancient Egyptian yeah, some perfect. some yep. uh, ancient Mesopotamian, yeah. some ancient Aztec because they all love birds. I'm sure there's a bird-headed god. I can. Yeah. Um, who's who's the Aztec, um, uh, yeah? Who's the giant? Eagle that Quetzalcoatl. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Quetzalcoatl. 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 I'm sorry, I'm butchering the name there. <laughs> that one, the the giant Aztec bird. Yeah, I think that's that sounds about right. Yeah, and so th- this this is like buried beneath the earth is yep. the remains of the ancient um, god, uh, and, and that that yep. that bear, that god will, will rise up again and yep. devour the earth, burn the earth. Yeah, I'm through through its most noble of like uh, minions and followers, the birds themselves. Yeah, exactly, and that's why once every one hundred years. Uh, actually, I really okay. I, sorry, yep. I need to I need to even go further back than that. Let's say that this god existed around the time of the dinosaurs. It foresaw that the dinosaurs would evolve into birds and thought, that's the thing I need to place all my faith into. Yes. That's the thing that's going to take over the world. Totally didn't see the mammals coming, didn't see no, humans coming exactly. at all. Uh, and it's just like, well, shit, I have to go ahead with birds now because that's what I chose. Um, but I think that's where we go. Like it, it, That's why uh, it chose birds because it just thought, yep, dinosaurs are the current ruler of Earth. They will evolve into birds at some point. Birds will then be the rulers of the Earth. I must invest all my time and effort into birds. Exactly. What it didn't foresee, and this is where what what sort of plays into this, yep. is that you know the Gulf of Mexico yep. is is supposedly the impact site of the crater that, yeah, yeah, that yep. what maybe that was originally that sort of part of um, the Americas yep. was the temple that was worshiping Quetzalcoatl, yep. the ancient Aztec. <laughs> But again, I'm butchering this mythology. I don't know anything about it. Does it. not matter. Um, this is a this is a hard reboot, and we're also hard rebooting Aztec traditions. Exactly. As well. <laughs> and so the asteroid comes in, crushes the the city, yep. buries it into the Gulf of Mexico, yep. and splinters of that asteroid go off into North America. Yep. And those are the sites that the birds congregate Perfect. towards every yep. year. Perfect. Um, or not every year, every ten oh, years, no, every no, hundred years. It needs years. to be like every like X amount of years. Yeah, so I'm like- always a little bit skeptical. When they do like base ten numbers, yep. Because like, I mean, we've assigned arbitrary value to That's base true. ten numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every hundred years, like Haley's comets are like every seventy-two years. Yeah, it's yeah. Come, like you know, it could, it could be every uh, every one hundred and fifteen years <laughs> and. 28 days. Yeah, like, perfect. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. So it's, that's it. It's 115 years? 115 years and years 28 and days. And 28 days, yeah. Uh, um, we'll, so that puts it in like January 28th, I guess, doesn't it? Or not, really. What? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, again, no, that makes no sense. Doing the arbitrary start point of the, the, right, the first of the, uh, which was, you know, obviously the, the Mayans used, the Aztecs used the Mayan calendar. That's true, yeah. Do we need to tie in like the whole 2012 is the end of the universe kind of thing that the the Mayans kind of predicted yeah, as well? Yeah, let's, I mean, while we're being culturally not, insensitive yeah. to everything in, in the uh, um, Mesoamerican <laughs> cultures, let's just say the Mayans and the Aztecs and the Incas were all the same because, oh. I mean, we don't know any different. <laughs> I certainly don't. Um, okay, uh, I, I love where this is going. All right, so this is so the- this is just backstory at the moment. This is fluff. This is nothing to do with the film itself. That's right. No, Only it's is- set uh, 115 years and 28 days before, before the events the, of the birds. The events of the birds. All right. So when that- does that put that? When did the birds uh, come out? The 60s. I think the birds came out in the 60s. Let me just consult the academy, and the academy knows a lot about Hitchcock films, obviously. Um, so when does it put? Then was that put this film? Eighteen forty-five. Uh so the birds was 
1963. Yeah. Uh, so Minus 115. Uh, 1848. Is that like cowboy times? It might be cowboy times. When was the American Civil War? Oh, gosh, man. Like, the Academy's really, like, wringing their hair out right now. Um, the American Civil War... Jeez, uh, they're really, really slow. 1861 to 1865. So this is this is the the the, bu- is the pre- build up. This is the prequel to the American Civil exactly, War. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, this is the build up. This is the political tensions, the yep. machinations between the North and the South, a building yep. tension. Yeah. And behind the scenes, there's, there's this, this, <laughs> this congregation, ancient race of birds. <laughs> yeah. Is this? I mean, this is um uh, somewhere in the. The American Old West, I suppose, yep. is around this time as yeah. well. You've got settlers sort of like... I mean, I suppose they've settled a lot of it, they've but there's this... Settled a bit, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, we did a we did a cowboy film quite recently. <laughs> we did. But, but this seems to be... I mean, we haven't chosen this. We haven't no. chosen an arbitrary number of 115 <laughs> and 28 days. This is exactly... And, and just because we're setting it as a prequel... Yeah. What was 115 years and 28 days before 1848? Before 1848. Uh, so 1848, yes, Academy. Now take away 115 from 1848, you get 1733. 1733. What, what was happening in America what? in 1733? <laughs> You're really pushing the limits of the Academy member right now. In 1492, Columbus so, sailed the ocean blue. In 1743, which was a common year starting on Thursday of the Gregorian calendar, yeah. uh, and it was a common year starting on Monday on the Julian character, or calendar rather. Uh, so if February, we had British colonist James Olgathorpe, who founded Savannah, Georgia. Oh, so yeah, of course. a bit of colonization. When was the um, American War of Revolution, the Revolutionary War? <laughs> the like, was that was that 100 years before the American Civil War? Or I, I will tell you in a sec. <laughs> Oh, I was saying you got uh, 1775 to 1783. Exactly. So this is the build up towards the the, <laughs> the American, American Revolution. Revolution. So like for for some reason and and no one knows why. Yep. The, the, there's a build up of tension in the in the political atmosphere yep. which culminates in birds congregating in in certain <laughs> places and then after the birds disperse there's there's just a fear a fear and animosity in the air which causes yep. these wars. Yep. And and no one knows why. No one I was about to say yet. you have to forgive us for not knowing about American history. We're raised and educated in Australian schools. Yeah. I really don't know that much about Australian history either, <laughs> to, to be perfectly frank. We know so, enough, but... Like, enough. About, yeah. as, about as much as I know about um, George Washington sailed, <laughs> sailed across the river and um, started a war. The, the thing is, so the American Revolutionary War, according to the Academy Wimbo, was a conflict between Great Britain and its 13 colonies. What if it wasn't? What if it was just... The 13 colonies, Great Britain, and an army of birds. An army of birds. Because, like, the only real documentation we have of the Revolutionary War is a whole bunch of oil paintings that are hanging up in museums. Exactly. And, and there's, like, there's probably birds in the background. Probably, no one notices there's, there's the birds. Like, crap load of birds in there. Yeah. Um, in in that famous picture of George Washington crossing the Delaware, <laughs> you, I mean, you think that they're people in the back of the boat because yep. you, you, your brain's just like, yeah, I assume that they're people. If you look closely... They're all birds. They're all birds. They're all birds. Are we doing the Da Vinci Code? Probably. It, yeah, I think... So. I, I mean, as, as much as we wanted to do a horror film, I think this is a conspiracy film. <laughs> so, so in addition... Well, hang on. So, so, someone finds a journal from 1848. Yep. Um, which is uh, describing the events of what's happening there. And then that person has discovered a journal from yep. 1733. This is turning into Cloud Atlas. It is, it is not only Cloud Atlas. It is the prestige of journal, <laughs> journals within too. journals within yep. journals. And then, and then they discover that, you know, this film made in 1963... Three, yep wasn't 
a film at all. It was oh, a documentary. documentary. It was a documentary. Yeah. And Alfred Hitchcock cut it in a way to try and hide the truth. Yeah. Because he knew that he couldn't just destroy the film. Okay, yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to have to cut this documentary ah, so it yes, looks yes. like a film. Yep. And, that way, and distribute it to the world so yep. that no one knows. Right, so, so this our, is like the, the Illuminati Our main thing. story yep. actually happens... 115 years and 28 days after the events of 1963, which oh, so is... Oh, so we're pushing it into the future now. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> We've dived all over the place. What was it? 1963 plus, plus 115. <laughs> 2078. Exactly. Wow. 2078 is when this part of this film takes place. Yes. Yeah. And you know what's good about this, right? So this conspiracy theory happens, but it also means the birds are back. Yeah. Because, like, that's the next scheduled, uh, like, return of the birds. And you know what's really weird? People thought birds were extinct. Because in two... Th- True. It, it, there was the, that great plague, yep. the great uh, bird flu too, <laughs> uh, in, um, in two, 2053, yep. that they thought wiped birds wiped off the all, face yeah, of yeah, the earth. Absolutely. And then this thing comes around and, like, they've got this congregation of birds. Like, where are all these birds coming from? We thought they're all extinct. Yep, yep. Um, And they're genetically enhanced and so... No, no, they're not initially genetically enhanced but like scientists start capturing these birds thinking they're like we need to like figure out what's wrong with them or like why they're here we need to clone them to restart the bird population and in doing so genetically modifies them and it enhances them so now we're dealing with like horror birds like horror murderous ravenous birds who are also genetically enhanced who are following an ancient aztec god the uh, the meteorite that crashed into the ancient Aztec. That's God. right. Yes. <laughs> so if if are we are we doing it part horror film, yep. part historical film, yes. part documentary, yes. part thriller, part just journal, part thriller. But there's also that adventure element yep. where they maybe have to find all of the yep. different stones kind and of, reassemble yeah, like, them. Like uh, what's that one with uh, Nicholas Cage? National but, Treasures. Yep. Book of Secrets. Book of Secrets. Yeah. Bird, bird bird attack. <laughs> so we. <laughs> What a genre mashup this is. Uh, okay, you know, you yeah. know what would be great, though? Yep. Is if it was a sequel to National Treasure. <laughs> yes, let's do that and ignore, I'm, I'm fairly ignore sure. the second one. Exactly. You ignore the second one. So it's it's a sequel to the first one, but not the second one. <laughs> yeah. And so we introduce a character who's not Helen Mirren, but she just claims to be his mum. And it's like, but in the second one, your Helen Mirren was your mum, yeah. I, I think, maybe. I don't know. Or John Voight was. <laughs> or... John Voight was his mum. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All I remember is that there was a lot of John gold Voight. inside Mount Rushmore. That's right, yeah. It uh, doesn't matter. So, like, the second one's... Uh, and this should also be a sequel to The Birds. So, obviously, it's National Treasure, colon, The Birds. Exactly. So Does that se- mean that we don't have to go into the future? Like, if, if we're, we can set it in present day and they're following mm, the clues we that were laid down. But we could do it in the future as well. And just exactly. say that, like... He needs to, f- he needs to follow future that's clues. That's right, yeah, yeah. And it's like, how do I solve this crime? The yep. only way is to follow clues that haven't even been laid yep, yet. Exactly. And the best thing about it is we still cast Nicolas Cage playing the exact same role. Because we're ignoring the events of the sequel, part of our new canon for National Treasure is that he was cryogenically frozen... Exactly. ...until this point, because he discovered... That there was something happening 115 years and 28 days exactly uh, in, in succession. He, he solved the mystery, yeah. but he's like, I can't actually fix the mystery until the next occurrence exactly. of it. Exactly. Freezes himself. You know who else freezes himself? Who? The original bad guy from National Treasure, Sean Bean. <laughs> Sean Bean. Sean Bean doesn't die? He doesn't die wow. in the end of that film. He just gets arrested, ah, possibly. But okay. they, they've 
again, this is, I think, the plot of Demolition Man, <laughs> where they, they freeze uh, Wesley Snipes and, right, yeah. uh, and Sylvester Stallone yep. uh, in the present, and then they have to duke it out in the future. And uh, and so, yeah, Sean Bean okay. escapes from cryogenic freezing yep. on the year that the birds are supposed to recongregate, yeah, yeah, yep. and they have to unfreeze Nicolas Cage <laughs> to also fight Sean Bean, Sean and, Bean and, and, his army and, and solve birds. the mystery of the uh, ancient Aztec god... <laughs> Maybe Asteroid sh- maybe conspiracy? Sean, maybe Sean Bean, like, gets defrosted earlier than Nicolas Cage does and so has the time to, exactly. like, collect the birds, genetically enhance That's them. That's not bad. And, imagine like, imagine that where Sean Bean's playing this really old man yep. and he's aged, like, 20 years more than... Yep. I really like I that imagery. That. Yeah, it's it's like, you, we used to be equals, used to be the same age, yeah. and now I'm, like, 30 years older exactly, than you. Yeah. Yeah. We've also tied a bit of Futurama into this, but why not? Um, now, there's really only one thing. So we've actually got all the ingredients we need that we I, usually I th- spend ages on. I think on. I know what the one thing is. All right. And it's which nationally significant document is the treasure <laughs> map on the back of. It wasn't, but that's also a significant thing now. Um, no, there's something else I want in there that will tie it more to the birds, but let's do the na- the document thing. Oh, it could just be, like, I mentioned... I mean, hang the- on, we need to go back to the Revolutionary War. It yeah. just needs to be a document from there. Something, yeah, the... Um, the document that proves that there were birds in the Revolutionary War. Exactly. It's, it's, been- it's, 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 if you do an X-ray scan yep. of, of the original painting yep. of George Washington in... Uh, crossing the Delaware, yep. you can see that their bird faces in the boat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, and like in in so, the in I, the margins of the frame, just scroll there. There were there were birds the whole time, <laughs> but like oh yeah, so in, in really messy handwriting, so it's yeah, difficult yeah. to read. So, so you can't, like that's that's how they've made it hidden. People the whole just time. thought it was it's like oh yeah, because you know how uh, I think in National Treasure he does like weird things with mirrors and, yeah. and stuff to make and a hidden like, message appear out of like nowhere. So it's like hidden in front of your eyes the entire time. Exactly. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like. I don't know, Nicolas Cage turns the painting upside down and then a secret message is able to be read. Exactly. No one has done that. No one's thought about no it. No one's thought about doing that. And you can only turn around the actual picture. If you turn around like a photo of it... Yeah, or, it like, just doesn't co- work. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it's, yeah. it's to do with the texture of the paint. We don't, yeah, we don't yeah. want to get into the I details. Yeah. It doesn't really matter that necessary. much. Uh, great. So that's it. So that's uh, the painting of George Washington crossing the Delaware, which proves that there were birds in the Revolutionary War, which proves that these birds are a ancient... Uh, cult basically from Aztec times who have travelled or who, who reappear every 115 years and 28 days to wreak havoc upon the world the birds the to 19- create social animosity and tension which exactly. then results in humanity fighting against itself exactly because uh, rather than recognising that the birds are the true enemy the whole time exactly and the bird flu from uh, 2050 yeah. was like um, uh, Sean Bean was trying to wipe the birds out yeah. that, that's how he, he got out of cryogenic and he's like I'm going to release this and kill all the birds I'm actually the good guy now yeah I'm trying like people ah, think I'm the bad yes, guy, like but this. I'm really trying to save the world so Nicholas, from the birds who are yeah. trying to kill it, kill humanity. Yeah, Nicholas Cage comes out and is just like that guy's a bad dude. No one believes him. Exactly, but Love no, he's it. like no, no, that guy's a no, that guy's a bad dude, and yeah. everyone's like, yeah, he is. But like Sean Bean's like, I know more. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's sort of like the the Doctor Doom. Have you yeah, seen yeah. that the thing where he sees all possible futures yep. and he sees that he has to be the bad guy yep. in order for humanity <laughs> to survive, Jeez. and so he he makes the difficult choice of deliberately being a bad guy yep as so that's exactly what um, yeah. sean bean does he's yep. like i have to make the difficult choice of killing all birds because yep. i know for humanity to survive people will hate me yeah they go you're the guy who released the bird flu and killed all birds and yep. he's like yeah i know but i saved all people ah oh, great perfect and you know what i've actually thought of an idea 
as well for what I think that this film, the last thing this film needed. Yeah. And that is a a very strong connection to The Birds, the actual 1963 film. Yes. Now, there's a very famous uh, scene or shot in that film, which has been parodied everywhere, of uh, a woman inside a telephone yes, booth absolutely. being like uh, attacked by birds. So they're sort of pecking at the glass and they're yeah. slamming into it and so on and so forth. Uh, clearly, the National Treasure version of that is that's how Nicolas Cage gets unfrozen. Unfrozen, the, the birds, yes collide into his cryogenic chamber which i assume is made of glass and it looks very much like a telephone booth. it does absolutely so and that's we do a shot for shot remake of that uh, sequence the same way that gus van sant did a shot for shot <laughs> remake of psycho in 2000 whatever uh and we do yeah just for that sh- just for that scene the exact same shot exact same cutaways to like close-up puppets of birds in- inexplicably also in black and white in- <laughs> <laughs> just for that one sequence just for that of the one film sequence all right, there we have it. That's uh, National Treasure, colon, The Birds, a sequel to National Treasure 1, but not National Treasure I, I 2. Th- I really think we just call it National Treasure. Like did, like, okay. like Halloween did yep. like a sequel to Halloween and just called it Halloween. <laughs> and the only distinguishing feature between it is the what year it was made in. True, yeah. We just called this National, National Treasure. Treasure. So we're not even mentioning in the title that it's a sequel to The Birds either? No. Great. No, no if, if people want to find out what year it was made and how it's different, they can look at the Wikipedia page like we had to and find out all the additional information, but we're just going to call it National Treasure. <laughs> right. Um, great. That solves so many of our problems that we usually have in these films. So, National Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage, Sean Bean, a crap load of birds... Uh, yeah. And I don't know other actors. I guess I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be other people in it. We didn't really bother coming up with other characters, but <laughs> doesn't need you know, it. It doesn't. No. All it needs is like a whole bunch of people running away screaming because that's all you need. You need yep. like one central. Uh, who else? I don't even remember who was in the first national. Tre- some kids and D- stuff. Diane like Kruger and um, there were kids and stuff, weren't there? In that National Treasure in the first one, yeah. Was no, it? John Voight no? and the the guy from The Hangover, who's the friend that goes missing. All oh, right, okay. uh, he was the. Like, no, nah, we little- won't put them in there. This is, a, this is a hard reboot. Hard reboot. Hard. We, we, only, take, we only take the Jamie Lee Curtis's yeah, right. through. Uh, and the, only they survive. And the Halloween dude, the Michael Myers, and that's yeah. it. They're the only two that survive. <laughs> All right. I think that's a wrap. I think so. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and of course, Mafuzawudada, which stands for Movie Film Studios Digital, Digital Distribution You missed the platform. workshop. Movie oh, Film Studios Workshop. Movie Film Studios Workshop Digital, Digital Distribution Platform, my mistake, yep. uh, where you can find- You didn't make the mistake of not pronouncing the F. No, <laughs> you did that correctly. I did that correctly, you yes. You did. Um, where you can find every single film that we've created on this podcast. Uh, Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where Isaac posts emoji clues as to the upcoming trailers in the upcoming episode. That sounded wrong. (laughs) It it was wrong. A big shout out to Nicola, who got two from three this week. Yeah, well Uh, done. Actually getting uh, two right. Um, That's two points to you. Uh, You can keep track of the points, Nicola. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll assume that you're you're keeping track. Um, Eventually I'll get a spreadsheet. If you get... uh, uh, 10 points you'll be able to trade it in for Mufuzawudida bucks which means nothing yeah no 10 um, 10 points on the emoji clue board yep uh, equals uh, one, one Mufuzawudida and yep. then a mum, one Mufuzawudida credit yep uh, I mean 
if you go to the the um the stock exchange, you'll find out the conversion <laughs> rates. They fluctuate yeah. quite a lot. Just like I mean, people are now trading fake currencies <laughs> on there as well as movie film rights. You'll probably so. be able to buy a movie film right with that one credit. Exactly. I mean, I'm not with the one. I mean, you, you might get some something like crappy, like yeah. you know. But you'll you know, still get a you'll still get a right. You'll n- still none get of those that. none of those blue chip rights. <laughs> Exactly. Um, shout out to Nicola as well for her third guest for uh, How to Train Your Dragon, which was uh, Deadlift Dragon. And another shout out to our frenemy Dave, our four-star rating Dave, who guessed Pumping Iron Crouching Dragon. I, I really like that. Which I quite <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Um, we are on Twitter for no good reason, uh, and we're also on iTunes, Podbean, and any other place that you get podcasts. Not yet Spotify. We're still waiting for the results. Really, of that not yet. approved yet. It's uh, gone through the. I don't know where. It, I don't know where it's at right now. But I'm assuming that a whole team of uh, individuals are furiously pouring over every single. Uh, minute of recording that we have for this podcast and making sure that it fits the Spotify guidelines for <laughs> appropriate content and material. Uh, but yeah, hope to be on there very, very soon. And I believe that's it. All that remains is to thank you all once again for listening this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Watch me.